0: It's time for the Tri County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis
1: Stuckey and Brady Beaton. Just Brady Beaton with you here today on a Monday after we have decided a few regional champions. We have Algonac Baseball going to Michigan State, getting further than they did a year ago. And, well, we had a few teams with their seasons coming to an end, but. Overall, I think it was a pretty good weekend. Uh, Again, it'll just be me, Dennis, unavailable today. He'll be ready for tomorrow when we are covering the softball quarterfinals. We have two teams left, Algonac and Richmond. But first, we will start with the teams that have been eliminated. North Branch, both baseball and softball, bowed out in the regionals so we'll talk about that first I was at Algonac over the weekend saw them uh, get through which was there was a long time spent at Algonac but that was because Cass City and Edison decided to play a 10 inning game all right enough of my rambling on the intro we'll take a break when we come back we'll dissect everything that happened this past weekend here on the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast Marysville.
3: For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com.
2: Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry out. Call 810 810- 810 378-5565. Whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnsports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: Back here on Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Brady Beaton with you on a Monday after regional weekend. And we will start with the North Branch Broncos. They bowed out in the regional. Uh, we'll start with the baseball team. They had a heck of a win over Detroit Country Day back on Wednesday. A one nothing affair that went nine innings. It was uh, an emotional effort. It was a great great um win for them they I would say many people thought it was an upset probably picking country day to get through and they had to use Brady Mitchell he went what I think six and a third Owen Yens finished it out it was really solid feeling good going into the weekend but you knew Frankenmuth was going to be a tough team the other side of that is that Frankenmuth had to throw their number one Titsworth and so you're battling with you know, not your aces. You're figuring out who on the two good staffs. Not like it's one and done with these guys, but who was going to bring um, start you on the mound? And they went back to Owen Yens, and he was hittable from the beginning. He went just a third of an inning, gave up uh, faced seven batters, gave up five hits, walked two, uh, ended up with five earned runs. At the end of the first inning, it was six to one Frankenmuth, and then there wasn't really much North Branch could do to handle the rest of the way. They'd give up runs in each of the five innings that they played. They used four different pitchers to try to get their way through. They weren't out hit terribly. It was ten to seven, but the biggest difference: nine walks from North Branch pitching compared to just three from Frankenmuth and that is a tough way to well that's a tough performance knowing that you have to play so well that I always talk about that margin of error as the postseason goes along as you get into tougher and tougher games each walk amplified each error amplified even more and a team with a good young pitching staff just didn't have it for one day and Frankenmuth Took advantage of it, got the thirteen to two win. Um, on the other side of that bracket, I know we talked about it a bit earlier, or a bit uh, a week ago or so. That Lampfear beat Marine City. They were playing Flint Powers. Flint Powers took care of Lampfear, and that wasn't too surprising. I actually was um, a little impressed with how Lampfear kept it close. It was 6-1. And then in the final, Flint Powers won 9-5 to over Frankenmuth. So Powers moves on as expected. They were the favorite in that region. And unfortunately, North Branch baseball team couldn't get it done. Now their softball team was in a very, very tough regional. Uh, we knew that there were about four teams in this regional that could all make it through. Uh, it was Owasso, Frankenmuth, North Branch, Goodrich. And this was going to be one of the toughest regionals in D2 um, in, in any part. And Goodrich got off to a quick start in the second inning. They went up 3 nothing. added one in the third, but North Branch showed a little bit of life. They made it 4-3 to after three innings, and you're thinking, okay, We've got a shot. We, we've settled this down. We were down four. Now we're down just one, and we need to find a way to scrap across the run. doesn't matter if it's a walk and, and you just small ball them around. If it's a solo shot, just something so we can get through and, and tie this game up. The fourth and the fifth were scoreless, and then in the sixth, Goodrich put on four insurance runs, um, and that would be the nail in the coffin Goodrich knocked off North Branch eight to three in the regional semifinal the pitcher goes for Goodrich ended up striking out 15 Broncos in the win Courtney Ludischer had 12 strikeouts the problem was when she was when they were making contact they were getting hit she had 13 hits seven of the eight runs were earned and they out Goodrich out hit North Branch 13 to five so two really nice seasons for North Branch I don't think they have anything to to hang their head on I don't think they have anything that uh, they should be disappointed in again that win over country day for the for the boys is that's a program win that's a win that maybe can be a catalyst so they get back to this spot next year and maybe they're favored in that game and the North Branch girls they just played a ton Huff team in Goodrich. And actually, after North Branch lost to Goodrich, Frankenmuth beat Owasso, and then Frankenmuth beat Goodrich in the finals of that regional. So Frankenmuth came out of there um, for for softball. And I, I really liked what these North Branch Broncos did this year. I just think at the end of the day, you looked at them and you realized they're a good team. They're really solid. I'd say they're a little better than area good but they're not quite to that state good level where they can go into any regional and and be the favorite. Not saying they're not talented teams. They very much are, and I believe each side has a good amount of talent coming back, whether it's baseball or softball. But they're, they're really good. They're flirting with top ten in the state in every division good. Uh, but to get to the quarterfinal, I mean, that's top eight in your division, and usually, again, usually um, not always true, but most of the time, the talent will be concentrated in Southeast Michigan, whether you have to go down and play uh, a team from Detroit or even up near the Saginaw area, like you saw with Goodrich and Frankenmuth, that you have to take on those teams, like the Saginaw, Flint, Detroit areas usually have some of the best teams outside of the West Side, so you're not going to have... For the most part, we'll talk about a team that did have a, a fairly easy path um, to get to a quarterfinal. So to get through a regional, I mean, again, uh, both Frankenmuth and Goodrich, two really solid teams, teams that are ranked. We knew North Branch softball was going to have a really tough go of it if they were to get through to the regional finals and to the quarterfinals as well. To then two really nice wins for the Broncos. Unfortunately, those two seasons come to an end. However, it was not all doom and gloom on Saturday. In fact, the other teams that were playing, we lost a few on Wednesday in baseball that I wasn't really expecting to lose, but the ones that did get through, the few teams that did outside of North Branch, fared really well. When we come back, I'll talk about the softball Teams, both Algonac and Richmond, made it through in softball and well played pretty well on Saturday. So we'll talk softball when we come back here on the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast.
0: Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do.
2: It's all about efficiency.
0: That's how they've kept their ranch going for five
3: generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story.
0: it's on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: Back here on the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck On Sports podcast. Brady Beaton with you on a Monday, and it was a good day in Algonac. We'll start with softball. Um, actually, we'll have this whole segment be softball as the Algonac Muskrats were the team that I was most confident getting through on Saturday, at least on the softball side of things. They started off playing Bishop Foley and yeah, as expected, 21 to nothing in three innings. Thanks for coming, Bishop Foley. Uh, if, if only Dennis was here to do the victory lap around Foley because that was a absolute body slam from Alganac. I mean, you just look up and down the lineup. Uh, Kenna Bomarito and Michael Kennel each hit a home run. J.C. Reams had two hits. Along with pitching, well... Three perfect innings, doesn't go in the books as anything, but still she faced nine batters and had six strikeouts, so not a bad day at all. Ella Stevenson had a couple of hits. Uh, Michael Kennel actually drove in five runs on the day. And, yeah, basically anyone that stepped to the plate did something really well for Algonac. That was not a surprise by any means Um I was very confident they would get there. Now, the regional final was a little bit more of a question mark while I was still very confident in Algonac. I wasn't ready to etch it in stone, no doubt 1,000% they're getting through. I actually was more worried about Gross Point liggett Their record was listed at 24-5, and five, and St. Catherine on, on the MHSAA site was listed at 8-12. and 12. So that 24 and 5 must have been a pretty bad 24 and 5 because St. Catherine won 21 to 6. And that was um I guess slightly surprising. It shouldn't have been because St. Catherine was hosting and I wasn't really sure why. Um, maybe they thought that was their best chance to beat Algonac. Maybe they thought they were going to have a team good enough to sneak on through and get to a quarterfinal and they matched up with Algonac in the finals, probably who they thought they'd see in a regional championship game. And Algonac, they won seven to one and I feel like the game was never any better. Was never that close. Kenna Bomarito went seven innings. Gave up two hits, which I believe, uh, yes, they were both in the seventh inning. One unearned run, no walks, 18 strikeouts. And that's a number that should be ridiculous. She struck out 18 of 21 batters. Or excuse me, 18 of 25 batters. 21 possible outs. 18 were strikeouts and were just kind of meh, yeah, as expected. Uh, so 7-1 to one, might as well have felt like 70-1. to one. Uh, You had two hits from Kenna Bomarito as well. Ella Stevenson tripled and drove in two. Sierra Vossler had a home run. Dee DeLang with two hits and two RBIs. Ava Murray uh, drove in a run as well. And, yeah, Bomarito, 18 strikeouts. In the win over St. Catherine. So while on the scoreboard it was close, I, I, I really don't think it was that close. I'm sure if we were at the game, and I could be way off, but if I was at the game, I have a feeling that the the pace and the feel of the game would have been, yeah, Algonx in big time control, and the fact that St. Catherine scored a run, and frankly made it go seven innings, is a little bit of a surprise for me. But Algonac gets through, and they had a, well, I don't want to say they had a gimme path because that Almont game is really tough, and it was worthy of this spot against St. Catherine. If we ever got to a point where they seed the region or whatever, and I'm not going into that bag of worms, but Algonac and Almont were the two best teams in this region by a country mile. And they had to play in a district semifinal. I wasn't, uh, I was very confident before the playoffs started that the winner of that game was getting to a quarterfinal. I wanted to at least give a little bit of respect to either Liggett or St. Catherine because I have no idea about them. But the fact that I had no idea about them lent me to believe that they weren't a legitimate threat to Algonac. And they, they proved me right. That's the one thing I like about this Algonac team. They do not mess around. They go through for the throat, and when they're in attack mode, they do not let up. They will crush your spirits. And honestly, this is uh, probably one of the, I don't want to say worst jobs they've done, but the least good jobs they've done. I feel like in this situation, a lot of times they win 14-1 to 1. But Kennabomarito had it under control with 18 strikeouts. St. Catherine didn't score till the seventh inning. And Algonac back-to-back regional titles. They get another quarterfinal. Uh, we will preview a lot of the baseball and stuff on Wednesday show. But next week or tomorrow, down at Wayne State, Ottawa Lake Whiteford is the team that Algonac will be playing in. The quarterfinal. They knocked off Grass Lake five to one uh, in the regional final, and I hazard to guess that's a little bit of an ups- upset. again. I look at the rankings and very, very big grains of salt you have to take with the the coaches' poll rankings. If nothing else, it gives you a little bit of a guardrail to expect about the quality of the team it's not, i'm not we're gonna say well they're six and this team seven so six has to win it's just a little bit of a measuring stick to give you a little bit of a clearer idea grass lake was number eight and ottawa lake whiteford was was honorable mention receiving votes not so a bit of an upset not the biggest one alginac still number two should be number one but alginac going to be the favorite in this um Again, I don't think it's a huge uh, surprise that they'll be a favorite. Although last year, Dennis and I had no idea about anything Grass Lake. Couldn't we didn't know where Grass Lake was. We didn't know anything about them, and it took a, a basically a miracle comeback to get the win, and a dramatic seventh inning comeback to get the win and move on to Michigan State. So, do not take any teams from this point out lightly. You can fluke your way to a regional semifinal and in rare occasions a regional final. But it is almost unheard of to fluke your way to a quarterfinal, and especially knocking off a Grass Lake team. From what I understood, they had just about everybody back on the team from last year. Don't, don't assume you're going back to Michigan State. Remember last year when you had to have um, uh, that amazing comeback to get there. Stay focused. Now, the good news is it's only at Wayne State. Not that far of a drive for Algonac, and it's not in Ottawa Lake Whiteford's backyard like it was last year at Adrian with Grass Lake. So it's a very nice facility. I'll be down there. Um, Very excited to go back to Wayne State. They have a very nice setup at Gary Bryce Field. Uh, The stands are nice. They'll have plenty of parking. Just with all the construction, leave a little early. It's a 4.30 game. I know uh, for the parents, they're probably leaving work. But I don't even know what's open down there. It seems to change all the time. Just give yourself a lot of wiggle room um, to get down there because it feels like every single route to anywhere is under construction in some way, shape, or form. And I haven't gotten anywhere um, in normal time without construction since, like, the start of May. So... Be excited for that. Excited to go see them play Whiteford. Be down there Tuesday at 4.30 for the quarterfinal. I do want to just point out, this could be something on on Thursday or Friday, whenever they play, that could be fun. Cass City won their regional. They knocked out Millington. The defending state champs are gone. And Cass City uh, could play Algonac in a semi-final game. I know we don't cover Cass City except in football. They're our adopted football team, but two teams not terribly far from each other could be meeting up at East Lansing. All right, the other softball regional uh, really for me was a one-game regional. Uh, you looked at Richmond and Lanfear and you looked at Notre Dame Prep and Country Day, and Country Day and Richmond were the two big favorites, and it played out exactly how you thought it would. Country Day beat Notre Dame Prep 10 to nothing. Richmond beat Lanphier 11 to nothing. I know it was a little wonky at first. Uh, in the first inning, Lanphier had a few hits, and they ran into outs. They got two outs on a double steal because of bad base running from Lanphier. So, Richmond Country Day, the game we all expected. And I think Country Day was the favorite. I think they would have been a slight favorite, uh, like 55-45 in favor of Country Day. They've just been really solid, and it's at their home park. That counts for something. That makes a big difference. As Richmond knows, they, got, they played their district at home, and that may have or may not have had a big impact. On the final outcome it's, it's it's one of those unquantifiable things in, in sports so they're going down to country day and it seems like the last few years whenever we've had a team go down to country day and even before we started to get stuck on sports.com when Dennis had to go for other outlets down to get to country day it never really ended well never really left the game with uh, with a happy hey, we we knocked them off down there. Uh, w- no matter what the sport, and this was a pitcher's duel, going back and forth the whole game long. I mean, it is just zeros up and down the lineup. It uh, you, we go into the seventh, and it's what a hit aside for both Detroit Country Day and and Richmond. Neither pitcher is giving up much of anything. Katie Shoeboy, going into the bottom of the seventh, had given up one hit, uh, struck out 14, and walked two. And she had been what Richmond needed her to be. And it was a pitcher's duel, and this is, um, this is what they need to get by Country Day because Country Day has a really nice pitcher that was doing what she did. And as you get further in the playoffs, pitching is... Always seems to reign supreme. You need to hit, don't get me wrong, but pitching reigns supreme. And country uh, Richmond got someone on in the bottom of the seventh. Piper Clark was on, ended up on second after a stolen base. Went to steal third on a 3-1. Pitch missed. They throw down to third. Ball goes into the outfield. Piper Clark comes home, and it's 1-0 Richmond regional champs. And the way Dennis described it to me is, That was about the only way a run was coming across to score. That both pitchers were just so good all day long that it was going to take something a little screwy like this to get someone across for the win. And Richmond took advantage of it good pitching and you scratch across the run hey that coin flip can mean a whole lot deciding if you're the home or away team and they move on they get to come close to home they play at SC4 in Marysville Park at uh 7:30 on Tuesday when they take on Frankenmuth and we know Frankenmuth's battle tested they just beat Goodrich as i mentioned in the previous segment 2 to nothing in the regional final to get to this point but Richmond, it's a 15, 20-minute drive. Frankenmuth, it's almost a two-hour drive. And for Richmond, they played there before, or at least I think they, they didn't play in the big tournament, but it's familiar territory. It's something they know, and it's maybe something me and Dennis overplay a lot when it comes to this, but just being, oh, we're just in Marysville. We don't have to go look around going, ooh, what's, oh, we're at... Saginaw Valley where they'd been the last few years. And if you had never been to a college field before, you catch yourself looking around and it takes a little longer to get focused or down at Wayne State or Adrian and you're and you're trying to get your bearings and and everything. And no, you're just used to it. And Frank and Moot's gonna have to sit on the bus and it's gonna feel like a while. Mentioned the construction, seemingly everywhere. They're going to run into it. So they're probably gonna be on the bus for north of two hours coming down. Richmond. Just, just shoot right down Grashit. They'll be here no problem. Get here nice and early. There'll be actually two games hosted that day. USA's playing someone at 530. But it's going to be a lot of fun at SC4. Dennis will be there when Frankenmuth and Richmond collide. For Richmond, a chance to get back to the semifinals. They lost in this spot a year ago to Millington. Obviously, they're in D2 this year. So they get Frankenmuth. If you're just curious who they could play, Either Parma Western, if that name sounds familiar, Richmond played them in football a couple years back, or Vicksburg is the other quarterfinal that I believe they would meet up with. So that's softball. Richmond and Algonac advance. Um, Algonac had a pretty pretty easy go of it, I should say. I mean, it's the chicken or the egg. Is it easy because the other team was bad, or is it easy because Algonac was so darn good? And Richmond wins a thriller for the ages that I don't think uh, people – in Richmond we'll forget anytime soon and sometimes it takes that one dramatic win remember two years ago when they won a state title the regional final they beat Millington two to one in nine innings in Millington could be a similar situation where they got through a big hurdle and now they're going to be playing good teams but after that game they beat Shepard like 12-1 12-1 to 1 in the quarterfinal. I don't think they'll do that to Frankenmuth, but if if Shoeboy's pitching like she did on Saturday, Richmond will have a chance in any game they play. All right, last team we have to talk about. I was watching some baseball down at Algonac, and the Muskrats got a little bit of vengeance from last year. It was a fun Saturday down there, and we'll talk about it when we come back. You're listening to Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Marysville.
2: Please go to
0: www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port
4: Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan...
1: DB Smokehouse has the best barbecue in the blue brisket, pork, and sausage. You're guaranteed to not be disappointed. Located in the parking lot of Pete's Camping Service on Lapeer, it's DB Smokehouse. Open Thursday through Saturday from 11 until the barbecue's gone. And DB's does catering. Whether you're feeding 10 or 200, call DB Smokehouse. Get what you need at 810-689-0448 and like them on Facebook to see if they're open on Sunday. It's DB Smokehouse.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: Brady Beaton with you on the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck On Sports podcast. All right, we have softball behind us. Let's talk about baseball, specifically the Algonac Muskrats. Um, For those of you unaware, last year Algonac lost in the Quarterfinals to Detroit-Edison, and coming into Saturday, it was on one half of the bracket, Algonac and Ecorse. It was the same game they played for a regional championship a year ago. The other side was Edison and Cass City, who was almost a carbon copy. Cass City beat Millington. It was Edison and Millington last year. This year, Edison-Cass City. Algonac had the first game against Ecorse, and Bryce Simpson took the mound, and they were playing. Uh, they were going against Danelle Kemp from Ecorse, and no problems for Simpson in the first inning. Got him down, walked, but no problem. And then Danelle Kemp came out, and he's a lefty, and he struck out one, two, three in the Algonac order, pretty quickly and pretty much without any trouble. And I'm going, uh oh. This might be a a game where someone has to scratch across the run any way they possibly can. Uh, It's not going to be pretty, but something's going to have to happen. And it's not going to be a traditional way to score. And I was right, but not in the way I thought I'd be. Uh, E-course, no problem in the second inning. They go down in order. And then in the bottom of the second, Algonac uh, bloops a hit in the left. It was Caleb Thomas. Didn't get a lot of it, but got a hit nonetheless. Williams laid down a sack bunt, reached on the error, throwing over. So there's two runners on. Then a walk loaded the bases. And then a uh, ground out got the runner at the plate. Then, a, then another ground out, scored a run, and another run came in to score. There was a lot of chaos in this inning. There was a balk that was called that was reversed. There was a pass ball that scored a run. Um, this was a very chaotic inning. The best thing I can tell you to do with this, because I cannot sum it up the right way in, in a segment, just go back, game's up on the archive. If you want to listen to how weird this inning was, just go back to the bottom of the second, and listen to that. And Algonac was up two to nothing when it was all said and done. And you're going all right. They got the two runs. Ecourse can't field their positions very well, and that's what Algonac's game plan is going to be: make them make plays. Just don't swing. Just don't strike out. Put the ball in play, and you'll have a chance. Two nothing. You're going all right. Perfect. We're good to go. Then the top of the third happened, and I don't know if Algonac took a deep breath and relaxed. I don't know if if the moment got a little big. I have no idea, but the third inning, the top of the third inning might have been the worst inning of Algonac baseball I've seen all year. Uh it started off with a walk and the same thing happened to sack bunt that they tried uh, to move the the runner over reached on an error. So there's two runners on and then Denel Kemp hits a, a ground ball to second. It's bobbled a bit. Depending on if you thought he would have been safer out, you could give an error. I was generous and gave a hit. Um, then another uh, error on a ground ball. The The first baseman, Meldrum, went to pick it up and tag, and he just didn't have the ball when he went to tag. So there's a couple errors there. A set, uh, another error scored a run on one of the previous plays. Then a sack fly makes it 3-2. to two. Then Simpson gets out of the inning with a, with a strikeout and a popout. And it's two, uh, three on or three to two, excuse me. After the top of the third, I'm going. The hell just happened. Algonac looked like they were in control. Algonac never throws the ball around. That's one of their calling cards: is they play sound, fundamental baseball, and they will do the little things right. And you never see them, uh, revert to little league esque situations where they where they just can't make anything happen. And it's going. It's like, guys, why? I've done like seven of your games this year, and never have I seen you do that. And then the game settled down a little bit. Each side would go scoreless in their next at-bats, and in the bottom of the fourth, Algonac would get two more runs thanks to a Kamaleski single, a walk. And this is where the wildness from Denell Kemp was apparent. He was striking guys out and getting some weak contact, But he was always working deep in counts. And as the game went on, he was missing more and more. So there was two on with two away. Then a walk to Ty Schultz, low to the bases. Then Josh Kasner stood in that box and basically said, you're throwing me two strikes. It was a 3-1 count. He kept the bat on his shoulder. He was daring Kemp to throw him a strike. He did, but lost him on 3-2. Tie game. Caleb Thomas comes up. Same thing. Couldn't throw him a strike. Ball four. 4-2, 4-2, and then a ground out ends the inning, but a one hit, bottom of the fourth, makes it 4-3, to three. Algonac, you're going, all right, you got the lead, hold on to it, and Bryce Simpson kept pitching wonderfully, because in the third, nothing he did that was wrong, he was throwing outs, struck out the side in the fourth, 1-2-3 in the fifth, two guys got a, a board in the sixth, but, they, but he picked off one. Got out of it. And Simpson went six innings, gave up eight strike or struck out eight, gave up three walks, hit one, and didn't have an earned run. You can argue if the one was a hit or not. Uh, I'm not going to be mad if you put it as an error. I wrote it as a hit, but either way, it's still a fantastic line. Algonac added an insurance run in the bottom of the sixth to make it five to three, and thanks to an RBI hit from Brandon Williams. And then in the seventh, they bring in Caleb Thomas. First two batters get a bull, or get out, a ground out and a strikeout. Then a walk puts the tying run on, and that was the nine hitter, and you're, puts the tying run to the plate. And you're going, I don't love that because Donnell Kemp comes up and he singles, and it's okay. Uh, there's runners on on second and third after um, after the hit, and they move up and. Time runs in scoring position on the pa- after the pass ball. And Scott Thaler had seen enough. He went, nope, not doing this. Walks out to the mound, goes, Caleb, back to short. Josh, come on, you're finishing this game. So Josh Kasner comes on, uh, using him before the championship game, and he he's battling with Chris Woods, and he hits a bloop to right field. And it's one of those you're going, uh-oh, that could be trouble. And the runners are going with two away and the second baseman's going back, and the, the outfielder's coming in, and you're going, they're not talking. Oh, no, they're not talking. And they start to collide, but it's stuck in Cole Thaler's glove, and Algonac escapes the regional champs, and it was a very uh, very tense affair in the seventh, but they get out of it, and they get the win, and now they're sitting back, and they're waiting. They're waiting to see the winner of Cass City and Edison. And last year in this game, in this situation when they were sitting back and waiting, it was four um, nothing. It was four nothing Algernac or Edison over Millington, and it was before basically Algernac had settled down to watch the game because Edison's the type of team that just jumps on you, and uh, it was zero zero after one, zero zero after two, and Cass City's just hanging around, and it was uh, it was just tough. For, for Edison to get anything going, they had a a, a spot where they thought they hit an inside-the-park home run, but it was a ground rule double. The outfielder put his hands up, but no one from Edison saw, so the kid had, had already scored, and you thought that was the momentum. They send him back to second, he doesn't score. And then just no one scoring, no one's scoring. Cassidy finally pushes across a run in the middle innings. Edison answered, and it's 1-1. And Algonac's going back, sitting back going, all right, just use their pitchers. Use your pitchers because Edison had used their number one to get here on the on the uh, regional semifinal day. And they're throwing like their number three or four against Cass City. And eventually it got to a point where they had to put their number one in Cass City's guy ran out of pitches. So they switch and it's still one one in the sixth one one in the seventh and there's runners on no one can score. Then we're going to extras and Algonac. You know they're sitting back, going, "This is perfect." As many extra innings as you can get, and both sides are getting runners on in scoring position. It goes to the eighth. Goes to the ninth. There was a situation where uh, a runner got doubled off a second for Edison. For, I'll be honest, nothing else than pure laziness. And then in the 10th, Cass City finally pushes across a the run. They hold off Edison, and it's 2 1 Cass City. It felt like a seven year war. It was an absolute battle. They were, whoo, it was an emotional roller coaster. And I was. Just a neutral observer. You could feel both sides living and dying with every pitch, but Cass City upsets Edison to win the regional. Remember, they we thought Sandusky would get to this spot, but they upset Sandusky in the in the first game of the districts. And now they're upsetting Edison to win a regional title. And they're excited and they and they get their trophy and they feel like they just had maybe the biggest win in program history. The problem was there was a train waiting for them in about 20 minutes after the game ended. Algonac had been sitting waiting for this opportunity. They had Josh Kasner in in the their back pocket. That 101 pitches of Kasner to throw. Cass City had their number 4. And I Cass City had a heck of a win. It was a shame they had to play the next game, but that's how the draw goes sometimes. It was such an emotional win for Cass City that Algonac was just sitting back. They were laser-focused, ready to go, and Cass City never, never stood a chance. I mean, Kasner comes up, and you could tell the first batter just frozen on a fastball. They were making all right contact on his fastball, but it was like, oh, wow, this is what we have to face. And it was three nothing after one. It was eight nothing after two, and Algonac is just keeping their foot on the throat. They, they'd make it nine nothing after three. Cassidy showed a little bit of life. Uh, it was a, a single that drove in a run, and I'll be honest, the kid from Cassidy turned and was defending himself and it hit off the bat and Casner throws it so darn hard that it hit off the barrel and blooped into right field and scored the runner from second. That's how Cass City scored their only run, but Algonac would uh, in the bottom of the 5th, they'd get two runs and Caleb Thomas with the RBI single to win it and that would send Algonac to the regional to the semifinals winning the quarterfinal. And they were so focused and ready for a battle with Edison and Cass City helped them out a bit. And yeah, I'll I'll just be honest: Cass City never had a chance. Algonac was focused. They were so um, both emotionally drained and physically drained because you get to this point, you had to throw one of your dudes in the regional semifinal, then you had to throw two to get through Edison in the quarter or in the regional finals to get to the quarterfinals and you just have a hammer in the in the form of Josh Kasner waiting for you and the entire Algonac lineup hit, just looking up and down. Everyone, uh, eight out of the nine batters that came up to the plate recorded a base hit, and every single one of them got on base in one way or another. It was absolute domination from Algonac. They would not be denied. Now, they play in the Semifinals on Thursday against Lansing Catholic, and we'll talk about this more when we get to Wednesday show. And we'll have the softball finals to talk or the softball quarterfinals to talk about. We'll preview this matchup. But I guess the biggest thing, and I'll expand on this a little more for if you're Algonac, um, don't be the Maple Leafs. And what I mean by that. Is if you're a hockey fan, you know the Maple Leafs were trying to get out of the first round of the playoffs forever. They finally do, and they get a matchup. They beat a tough team in the Lightning. They get to the second round, and you're feeling like, ooh, they're the big favorites. And then they get basically swept. They didn't get swept, but for all intents and purposes, they were swept out of the second round. And all that goodwill they did before then was gone. Don't be them. Be the team that shows up. Your Be honest, on paper, you're probably the best team in the Final Four. You had a gauntlet of a regional. You got a little bit of help from Cassidy, but E-Course was number four in the state. Edison was number two, and you're number one. And you come out of this regional, and yeah, you got a little bit of help from Cassidy, but who cares? You've gotten through what might be your toughest hurdle. Now, it doesn't mean the next hurdles aren't tough doesn't mean Lansing Catholic isn't a good team. doesn't mean they can't beat you. Remember a couple years ago when Richmond got to the semifinals and we thought, all right, they, they're, they're better than Traverse City, St. Francis. They can beat them, and they'll have a matchup with Liggett where they're the underdog for the state title. Never got to play Liggett because they couldn't beat St. Francis. And that was a, just, just a, I guess for now, for you Algonac, it's a cautionary tale. Don't look ahead to what you have. Focus on the game in front of you. Edison was that boogeyman all year long that they they kept an eye on. They were scouting from day one, and you never actually got to play them, but you got past the point where you would have. Now the boogeyman's gone. Now you need to finish the job, and Lansing Catholic is going to be ready. You're going to get their best shot the way it's set up, everyone's pitching staffs will be available on Thursday just be ready and don't be the Maple Leafs don't be satisfied that you got past your checkpoint go get the ultimate prize but we'll talk about that more on Wednesday again a little bit of a shorter show it just was me today if you sat through the 50 some odd minutes of me rambling I do appreciate it Dennis will be back well tomorrow as he has Richmond Frankenmuth softball at SC4. That game, first pitch at 7.30, the nightcap of a doubleheader. My first pitch with Algonac and uh, Ottawa Lake Whiteford is at 4.30 at Wayne State. We'll have both those on. And then Wednesday, we'll be back to tell you about both those games and tell you about the matchup Algonac has with Lansing Catholic. I know Scott Thaler will have every. Thing, every piece of information he could know, he'll know what daycare they go to, what cars these kids drive. He'll have every scouting report ready for us. But thank you so much for joining me. I've been Brady Beden. We'll be back Wednesday with another edition of the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports podcast.
0: From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.